0: Love, Hope, Radio.
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural 4th and in Inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. We're going to talk about fantasy football, and just um, right now before the training camps get started, we're going to talk more tonight about fantasy football strategy, but it's going to be an hour-long show. We're going to do it weekly up until the season, and then we're going to do it weekly during the season as well. So, anyway, I'd like to welcome to the mic, or the phone as the case may be, my co-host Jenna. Jenna, welcome.
0: Hi, how are
1: you? I'm just fine and dandy, thanks. So why don't we get started? I'm just curious, how did you come to play fantasy football and how long have you been playing? Let's share that with the listeners.
0: Well, I've been playing for about five years. I actually got started in a sports marketing class in high school. We had to play for a grade and I just never stopped playing after that.
1: Oh, how did you do in the class?
0: Uh, we did okay. My partner, I had to carry, so we ended up finishing third.
1: Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but I'm I'm sure you could uh, probably uh, wipe them under the table now. Or I'm mixing my metaphors, but I'm sure you could uh, <laughs> show them a thing or two now. I bet they're not hosting their own show on Blog Talk Radio
0: now. No, nope, so. I don't think so. <laughs>
1: no. So no what about when, you?
0: What brought you to the fantasy football world?
1: Well, I started. This is a sort of an embarrassing story, but I'll share it with you anyway. and Hopefully you, you can buzz me or cut me off if it goes too long. But I played my first fantasy league about 15 years ago when I was living in San Francisco. It was a fantasy basketball league. And I was doing okay in it, but I was getting a little too absorbed in it for my own good. I remember one time I wanted to make a move late on a Friday night. And so I called the commissioner's phone number, thinking it was his work phone number, but it was actually his home phone number. So I woke him up, I woke his wife up, and there were two or three kids <laughs> up. And then I just said, you know, Scott, you better uh, stop and you know, lay off a little bit. You have a problem here. So I took a hiatus from fantasy sports then about... Six or seven years ago, I had um, worked as an actuary in the insurance industry for a number of years. Got tired of doing that and said, "Well, what could I do that would be more fun?" So I started working on a new fantasy baseball, st- a new baseball statistic, and that wasn't going too well. So I decided that you know, a friend of mine she invited me to co-manage her fantasy baseball team with her. And while I was doing that, I just started putting together all sorts of stats and looking for things and not finding them and then just thinking, wow, you know, if I can do this for myself and that information isn't out there, I'll bet there are a lot of other people looking for that information too. So I used that to start a fantasy baseball site called Fantasy Baseball Sherpa. And then you know, that kind of led to the idea of starting a fantasy football site, Fantasy Football Sherpa. So I've been playing now for about five or six years, and uh, here we are.
0: It's a pretty good run.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit long-winded, but anyway. So why don't you tell the listeners what the show's regular time is going to be?
0: Well, for the f- first couple of weeks, we're going to be here from 6 to 7 Eastern, and uh, we may change that as the season starts, but we're definitely going to stay on Wednesdays. Because that way we can make sure we give you the most up-to-date injury news, and God forbid anybody gets hurt, released—that's going to affect your team. You can know by the time our show starts on Wednesday, and we'll have given you all the information and tools you need to set your lineups for any Thursday night game. So you'll be all ready.
1: Great. And just so that we get this out of the way, we, we should—we uh, should just be honest and upfront with everyone and tell people what our rooting interests going. are. <laughs> So, so which team are you a fan of, Jana?
0: I am a diehard Cowboys fan and a family of Eagles fans.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Do they flip you the bird?
0: Um, I'm not allowed to watch in the same room or on the same floor of the house when they play each other.
1: Oh, I see. Well, I probably wouldn't get along with your family either, then, because I'm actually a Giants fan. So, actually, the three we could all have some massive, I don't know, pillow fight probably isn't appropriate, but we could Clearly, probably... Clearly,
0: get... I'm the only one with good taste out of this arrangement. That's what
1: that is. Uh, that's, that's questionable. We'll let other people decide that, or we'll let that be decided on the field. How's that? So, Jana, how can people get in touch with us during the show if they get tired of hearing us talk and decide they want to hear <laughs> themselves talk?
0: Well, there's a bunch of ways that you can become a part of the show as a listener. We have a call in number. We can put you on the air with us and you can tell me I'm crazy for being a Cowboys fan or whatever else you want. And you can call us at 347 677 1608. And we also can talk to you via Twitter, and that is Fourth and Inches Show, the number four, THN Inches Show. And you can also email us at fourth and inches show at gmail. And we check those all throughout the show. So if you have something you want to tell us, we can see it right away.
1: Okay, I'm a little slow, Janet. Can you give me the phone number one more time?
0: <laughs> it's 347 677 1608. And we'll give it to you a couple of times during the show. So okay, if you decide the, that you want to call in later, go for it.
1: And the email address?
0: Fourth and Inches Show at gmail dot com, and that's the number four t h the letter n Inches Show at gmail dot com.
1: Okay, and one more time the Twitter address.
0: It's the same thing as the email. Fourth and Inches Show.
1: Okay, with a little at sign thingy or whatever in front of it.
0: Yep. (laughs)
1: Okay, great. You got it. So, okay, I'm I'm quick on the draw here, as they say. (laughs) So. Let's get right into the meat of our show tonight. Without a lot going on yet, your, your beloved team is the only one that's already in training camp, and we know that that's produced a lot of uh, news about people carrying other people's shoulder pads and things so far. But um, let's get right into draft preparation and draft strategies then. So let's start. What, do you, what kind of information sources do you typically look at prior to the draft
0: um, well a lot of what I do, I go off my gut. I make a lot of lists. Uh I I what I do is go through and pick my top 20 favorite players at every position. And uh-huh. I take all those lists with me to my draft so that I I don't feel like I'm caught off guard. But I kind of go with who I've liked previously on teams. I stay loyal to guys who've done well for me. And uh, I'll look at the occasional awesome website like fantasyfootballsherpa.com to get information. That's and the shameless plug portion of the program. <laughs> but pretty much I just go with my own feelings on it. I don't do a whole lot of research.
1: Okay. I guess we, we're, we're pretty much the opposite on this because I have such a big yeah. gut that if I went with my gut, I'd probably fall over. But uh, <laughs> I tend to read a lot of different websites. I love um yeah, I'm not getting paid by them or anything, but I love the football guys website because they have some pretty complete mm-hmm. uh, depth charts that they're constantly updating. I'll read all the football bloggers on ESPN and nfl.com and wherever else I can find them. There there are a lot of good websites out there and I'll buy all the magazines too, especially if my name's in them. So, you know, just wide variety of things, but uh, you know, that doesn't mean that it's any better necessarily than a gut. Sometimes I think that you can uh, overthink things because you're reading people who have uh, conflicting views and then you're not sure, you know, which way to think. You know, ultimately, obviously, you're the one that has to make the call then. so
0: Yeah, I mean, right. there's a lot of information out there, and hopefully what we can do for our listeners is help make sense of some of it and kind of help people figure out what the best – draft strategy is going to work for them because clearly that's, we're on two different pages. <laughs>
1: that's right. And and just to demonstrate that fact further, we're thinking, well, not we're thinking, we're going to put together a fourth and inches fantasy football league. Yeah, we're not sure where, who's going to host it yet or when the draft is going to be or anything like that. But if you are interested in participating, just uh, drop us a note, or give us a call, or tweet us, and let us know you're interested. And you know, we're we'll going to be...
0: find out who actually is superior: guts or information. <laughs> That's right.
1: I'll be I'll be Team Geek, and you'll be Team Guts, and we'll see I'll how. I'll be it works the one out. on top,
0: looking down at all of you guys. So just wait for uh, it.
1: <laughs> it's just like a cowboy fan, yeah. Supremely confident with no reason to be so, but uh, we'll see. So, all right. Now, another topic which I don't think we agree on is the whole idea of mock drafts. Do you like mock drafts? I do you hate, hate them? Hate do you do mock them? What drafts.
0: do you think? There's nothing I hate more in the world than a mock draft.
1: And why is that?
0: I just I don't get it. I don't see the appeal. I don't see how it's helpful. And I think part of that is because I don't I I don't see how it's helpful to just go in and draft exactly how the rankings for whatever say you're on yahoo what's the point of going into everybody picking in the exact order yahoo rank them but if you don't do that some jerk in the chat room is going to scream at you for taking aaron Rodgers too high it's how is that fun
1: well it's fun to come up with some witty retort and blow them (laughs) off but uh but you know, is I, I think as long as somebody doesn't do something crazy like, uh, you know, take Mason Crosby in the first round or, or do something, uh, you, know, you know, dumb like that, you know, I, I think I, I actually like them. I think they can be a good thing. I think some people get too carried away with them. I don't think there's much more you can learn after doing Three or four of these that you know doing 15 or 20 of them is really going to teach you. And besides, you I mean, know, they I do take friends, a lot of time. I have and,
0: friends that do 15 or 20 before they even do one single fantasy football draft. And I just are I they listening to the they show they tonight? I, I'm not sure. They may be listening to us on the podcast later.
1: Or they're because they're probably too busy doing a mock draft right yeah, now. God right?
0: forbid we could tear them away. But
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I just so, I, I, I don't understand. How is that helpful to you if you don't have the variables of people going in and taking a tight end in the third round if that's how they want to draft? You have to be able to think on your feet, and those mock drafts don't really prepare you to do that. Yeah.
1: I, I suppose. I guess it depends who you're drafting on, too. And the, the one thing I will say about mock drafts is that they're of limited use unless your league uses the exact same scoring system that – um, that the mock draft is using the same exact scoring system that your league is using. Otherwise, I think they're of questionable value, too. You know, if your league gives six points for a touchdown and you know, the mock draft is assuming it's only four, or vice versa, then are you really getting a good sense of the order that people are going to get picked in or not? So. Yeah, I, I, mean, I guess I went I, can... through,
0: I went in a mock draft once. I gave them a fair chance. I did a couple of them, thinking, uh-huh. oh, maybe the first one was a dud. No, they were all duds. I mean, I got yelled at for taking a kicker in the last round. They're like, oh, you don't take kickers in a mock draft. If you don't take a kicker in the mock draft, when are you ever going to do it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't believe somebody would give you a hard time about that. But uh, that's another area of disagreement that I guess we'll get to later. But uh, that's what will make the show fun, arguing about you know, <laughs> how soon to take a kicker and how many of them to take an off. So, all right, so... So call in and let us know or email us or tweet us and let us know whether you like mock drafts or not. Yeah, what do you guys think? Them you are, they, do. are they
0: worthwhile? Are they not? I, am I crazy? Am I the only one who doesn't think that mock drafts are a good thing? I just, I don't know.
1: So do you ever go in and sabotage mock drafts then and just do things like, you know, taking, you know, Jimmy Clausen in, in the first round or something <laughs> like that just I should. to get people up there? I should
0: do that, but I haven't yet. I wreak okay, enough so havoc any, on the drafts I'm actually in. <laughs> okay.
1: So anybody out there listening, if you're doing a mock draft and somebody takes Jimmy Clausen, and you know who that is, just yeah. beware.
0: <laughs> Watch your so, back. It could show up in a mock draft anywhere.
1: That's right. All right. So we might as well get this question out of the way, too. Suppose you have the first pick in the draft this year. Who are you taking with that first pick?
0: Oh, I would, I would hate to have the first pick in a draft. I would absolutely yeah, but, hate it.
1: Okay, no. that wasn't a question.
0: <laughs> I don't want any You have, to have really that pick, and you have, you can't trade it,
1: you can't sell it, you can't barter it for You're you know, sure, you're
0: for, sure for I can't meal. pull Jimmy Johnson and trade somebody for half their team with it?
1: No, and you're not like the Minnesota Vikings, you can't pass your pick either. So oh. So, what are you going to do with that first pick this year?
0: Um I I just I don't know. I'd, I know that you're supposed to take, if you have the first pick, you're supposed to take a running back. But I'm just not high on running backs in fantasy football, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. But if I had the first pick, I'd probably have to take, say, a Chris Johnson.
1: Okay. It would so make you me would unhappy, take Chris Johnson. but I'd
0: have to do it. <laughs> okay,
1: well, suppose nobody was going to throw stuff at you or he'd scorn <laughs> on you if you didn't take a running back. Who do you think you would take then?
0: If I could take anybody I wanted without anyone screaming at me about it, I would take Aaron right. Rodgers.
1: Aaron Rodgers, okay.
0: <laughs> and
1: I think I'm also going to hop off the um, the Chris Johnson bandwagon. I am more of an early running backs person, but I think this year I would take Adrian Peterson just because I think his whole fumbling thing can be cured. You know, you remember Tiki Barber had that problem for a while and then got rid of it. Right, but just
0: because it can be cured doesn't mean it has been cured.
1: No, it doesn't. But (laughs) I I just like the chances of his being cured of his fumbleitis more than I do the chances of... uh, of Chris Johnson having uh, whatever it was, 10 runs over 50 yards last year or, or whatever. You know, well, realistically, I, there's back- no
0: way. There's no way he has the same kind of year that he did last year. But if he could come anywhere near close to that, I'd be okay with that. But
1: well, what's what's close enough then? Does he have to get 1,500 yards, 1,600 yards, 1,300 yards? You know, where where do you mm. start thinking maybe uh, I'd rather go with Adrian Peterson or, or uh, someone else or Maurice Jones-Drew even?
0: I do like Maurice Jones-Drew. I just don't think that he's going to – the team's going to be successful enough for him to get huge numbers. But I I don't know, maybe 1,300 yards, I'd be okay with that.
1: Okay. I still that, – that's one of the things that's always making projections challenging too because you want them to make sense in aggregate, you know, for the at the team level and at the total NFL level, but obviously, you know, if you're giving 2,000 yards to some back, you know, they, there's not a lot left over to go around to the other backs. And there are not many backs that end up with 85% of their team's rushing total. So, yeah, well, you it, see more and more count.
0: teams going to the multi-back system. I mean, you have teams that have three, like the Cowboys, that have three solid running backs. And you're never going to get huge numbers out of any one of them because it's just a, it's a whole package. So you ha- True. that's something else you have to take into account when you draft guys.
1: Yeah, definitely, because yeah, even if one of those guys gets injured, you're still in a shared situation, and it's unlikely either guy would you know, get 1,000 yards. I mean, maybe you look at someone like Carolina where they've got D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, but other than that, I mm-hmm. can't think of a lot of, combos where i would say yeah those guys have a good chance of each rushing for a thousand yards if they stay healthy i mean they did it i think a couple years ago brandon jacobs and ahmad bradshaw did it for the giants i just had to get that in and um yeah but i wouldn't i wouldn't expect to see
0: yeah and then what they do they all bailed on you
1: <laughs> yeah thanks uh, but I wouldn't expect to see someone like you know, Darren McFadden and uh, Michael Bush doing that this year I think you know, unless one of those guys gets hurt in preseason it's it's unlikely either one of those guys would rack up sufficient stats that you would want to take them early on in your draft then
0: yeah I mean uh, that's the problem with so many good running backs is they're part, of, they're part of a tandem or a trio now you don't have the number one star back on a lot of teams anymore
1: that's right, but conversely, wouldn't that make the ones that are the clear number ones more valuable and therefore more worthy of a high draft choice, just the whole supply and demand thing? If you've got a a, a Chris Johnson or an Adrian Peterson or a Maurice Jones-Drew, you know, doesn't that give you a big leg up on the competition then if there's so few of those guys out there?
0: Mm, I don't know. I don't feel good about okay. that. My gut doesn't say yes. <laughs> okay,
1: we'll we'll table that so we can argue about that further some other time. So what do you guys think? If you have any strong opinions or any weak opinions or any opinions at all, uh, just, just
0: um, <laughs> write us,
1: call us, carry or pigeon us, whatever it takes, uh, let us know. We've got um, Janice cats are working the, the mission control, sir, so uh, oh, yeah. hopefully we'll oh, yeah. we'll get you on the air without too much of a delay, as long as they don't hit the pause button. So, all right. So, how about drafting players you don't like? Will you put aside your personal um, feelings about a player or your rooting interests in a player? if you really despise somebody? will they still make it onto your fantasy team? or what do you think about that?
0: Nope, not a chance. Never, ever gonna happen.
1: <laughs> All right, I, name, name I, some... I, as a
0: cowboys fan, I can't. There's one, one person on the Redskins I can tolerate on my team. But as a whole, I don't like to draft guys on teams I don't like.
1: Okay, who, uh, first of all, who's the person on the Redskins?
0: I know this is going to shock you because all he does is make fun of the Cowboys, but it's Chris Cooley. And the only reason that he's okay to be on my fantasy team is because I like what he does off-field. I like his antics and his shenanigans and his crazy blog. So I'm okay with him being on my team. Otherwise, it's okay. not going to happen
1: as long as he doesn't show his pictures when he shouldn't be, I guess, in the locker room. I,
0: I just like to pretend that never happened. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Well, we'll forget about that then. We'll pretend we never mentioned that. Just tell the Cats to go back and erase the last 30 seconds and show that. So. Well, what about actually, you?
0: Are you going to draft somebody off, say, the Cowboys as a Giants fan?
1: Yeah. I. I to me, it doesn't matter. I, I can keep my rooting interests and my fantasy football interests separate. I just think I'm unnecessarily limiting myself if i say i'm not going to draft anybody from the cowboys or i'm not going to draft anybody from the eagles or the redskins you know i'm yeah and plus this way you have the best of both worlds if you draft those guys and they do well against your team well at least you've got some fantasy points out of it, and if they oh. don't do well, then you can still root against them and your team will most likely win. So, I don't it's know, that, like that's how little, I see it. A little
0: it. piece of me dies inside if I draft Donovan McNabb and he has a huge game against the Cowboys. I just can't handle it.
1: Now, what about <laughs> if Brian Westbrook is on your team and he you know, is rushing against the Cowboys and then he lays the ball down on the one-yard line instead of scoring a touchdown? I remember that made a lot of people mad a couple years ago.
0: Well, Brian Westbrook, in all fairness, I think he had himself in his fantasy team. So he he was trying to be classy, but he screwed himself overall at the same time.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing he probably stands to make a little bit more from his NFL contract than he does from whatever fantasy football league I would he's hope. playing in. I would
0: hope so. <laughs>
1: yeah, there might be some rookies where that might not be the case, but uh, we we're probably not going to talk about them on this show anyway. So, but uh, I remember actually.
0: The, let's go back to the mock draft question for one second, because our friend Jason sure. online has given uh-huh. us some insight on how I am still wrong about this mock draft thing. He's on okay. your side. He thinks mock drafts are a good idea. And he likes to do them to get a feel for where his players are going to land with his group and to test out how he's going to draft in various rounds and spots. I guess that's fair. You want to see what you're going to take with the first or the last pick or somewhere in the middle?
1: Yeah, I, I suppose. I guess what I wish is that, and it probably exists and I just don't know about it, maybe even one of our listeners does, but I almost wish that rather than having to sit through the, the pain of an entire draft. I know that there's, um, I know, um, uh, what is it called, World Fantasy Sports, uh, formerly Sports Buff. They just came out with something called Rapid Draft last year, but there you actually have to play the leagues out. But I kind of wish there were something where, and maybe I should uh, wor- start working on this next, but I wish there were something where you could just sort of simulate drafting and simulate you know, what different drafters are like, You know, whether you have random or people that just go straight by average draft position, and you could just test out. You know, okay, we're in the fifth round now, or I'm in the seventh round and I have the first pick, and, you know, that kind of thing. So I could try out different positions and then just kind of like a chess game that I'm playing against a machine. If I don't like it, then just sort of ruin the chess board right there and start from scratch then. But uh, if anybody knows if that exists, please let me know because I'm sure I'm not the only person that would uh, really like to know that. Jenna might still not want to know about that, but uh, <laughs> I, I would find that somewhat useful. It might make me a useful. little
0: more inclined to do it. But I don't okay. know. Okay. I'm just
1: ugh. And that I'm way you could take it. a kicker or you could take Aaron Rodgers and nobody would yell at you then. Although I we I we could probably arrange it so that there's some virtual voice that yells at you just like the <laughs> woman that comes on and announces the blog talk okay. radio show is about to begin in two minutes. So all right. So do we have time for a humor break here?
0: All right, let's do it.
1: This is your cue to say yes, we do. All right.
0: Yes, we're we gonna do. Take a,
1: okay, we're going to take a quick time out here. I know you're a hockey fan, so we're a third of the way into the show. We just finished the first period, All so right. we're going to pl- we're going to play a quick game here of word association. I'm just going to throw uh, out the name of somebody football related, and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Don't don't think too much about this. It's, okay. Um, it can be a coach, a player, an owner. We'll see where this goes. Okay, you ready? Okay. All right, here we go. Rex Ryan. Okay, that's exactly what I would have said. chad Chostenko,
0: the perfect catch. He's trying to find love.
1: Okay. I don't. I don't Uh, mean he's
0: my perfect catch. Don't get me wrong.
1: (laughs) Okay, you you don't have to explain yourself. It's okay. All right, Ben (laughs) Roethlisberger.
0: Scandalous.
1: Okay, I probably would have said moron, but this isn't. I'm not allowed to answer my own questions because I had time to prepare ahead of time. All right, Bill Belichick
0: mastermind
1: mastermind i would have said evil but that's just me be right. an
0: evil mastermind
1: i suppose all right here's here's one that'll be near and dear to your heart des bryant no.
0: stands up for himself
1: okay um terrell owens a mess okay donovan <laughs> McNabb.
0: over the hill
1: over the hill, wow! Then you'll love the next one, oh. Matt Hasselbeck.
0: The View. I know he's not married to her, but I always think about Elizabeth Hasselbeck on The View when I hear about.
1: Yeah, him. well, it's guilt by association. It's his brother. It's I would have true. said even over, even further over the hill. If if you think Donovan McNabb is over the hill, I, I think Matt Hasselbeck is twice as far over the hill. I'm more I think he's actually... to
0: like Matt Hasselbeck than Donovan McNabb, though.
1: Really? Okay, we can. We'll have to. We'll have to. Cable that and argue that at some point. All right. Another one that'll be near and dear to your family's heart. Kevin Cobb.
0: Unproven.
1: Okay. Chris Johnson. Greedy. Greedy, okay. Adrian Peterson.
0: <laughs> uh Fumbleuskey.
1: Fumble Rooskey. Fumble okay. Maurice Jones Drew.
0: Too many names.
1: Too many names, all right. Um <laughs> Aaron Rodgers.
0: The perfect quarterback.
1: Okay, I would have said too many first names. Brett Favre.
0: (laughs) Indecisive. Sick of it.
1: Indecisive. Are you sure about that? Okay. Jay Cutler.
0: (laughs) Uh, Jay Cutler, CFL, because that's where he should be.
1: Ooh, that's that's something else where we disagree. We'll have to talk about that at some point, too. All right. So now I have 10 more. We're going to do a speed round. This one these I want you oh, to no. just no no time to think. I want the answer in one second or less. All right. Okay. Matt Liner.
0: Hot tubs.
1: Okay. Al Davis. Crazy. Jerry Jones.
0: Mm, I don't want to say anything bad, but all bad things come to mind first.
1: All right. Pass. Demarcus Russell.
0: Uh, fat.
1: Okay. Uh, so, all right, never mind. You used fat already in re- reference to Oh, Rex you didn't Bryant. give me
0: any rules.
1: Okay, well, that's I'm making them up as we go. You have to use a different <laughs> word for Jamarcus oh, Russell. Oh, fine,
0: fine. All right, uh, purple drink.
1: Purple drink. Oh, okay, I, I know what you're referring to now. All right, <laughs> Jamal Charles.
0: Pass.
1: Pass. Actually, he's a runner. All right, Matthew Stafford.
0: Shoulder problems.
1: Shoulder problems. Calvin Johnson. Tall. Tall. Reggie Bush.
0: Kim Kardashian.
1: <laughs> okay. Jimmy Clausen.
0: I hate Notre Dame.
1: Okay, that's all right. That's a blue. And then I saved the best for last Roy Williams.
0: Ugh. <laughs>
1: okay, that that's good enough. All right. So now we, we return you to your regularly scheduled program. But before we do, if you have any um word associations, either any comments on any of the players we just went over or if you want to know what your
0: answers would be if you call in or you write in. Let me know what you think about those. It's tough being in the hot seat, all right? Well,
1: I'll give you some credit, but you 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 can write you can we'll we'll turn about a spare play. We'll give you a chance to write the question some week and then yeah, we'll next see Yeah, uh, I think it's on you. Yeah, we'll see how lame my answers are then. So all right. So we were talking um about drafting players you don't like. So your your I view a, is that, I have a
0: big problem with it. I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to do
1: it. Okay. Whereas I say I can hold my nose and do it. It doesn't bother me if I have Ugh. you know Tony Romo or or uh or um you know somebody like that on my team. So so what do you guys think? Any have we gotten any more activity in the in the chat room it's not blowing up yet?
0: We've got a shy group. We've got a shy group. Okay. All right. But if okay, so you don't have a problem taking guys that you may not care for. But would you say draft you know Tony Romo and Jason Witten would you draft a tandem from a team or is that too much for you because it's way too no. much for me to have that many that much going on in just one play of one team
1: No if if I think that'll help me win I'm I'm willing to do it
0: But don't you ever worry about say what if what if Tony Romo has a freak pinky injury again and tries to play through it and he sucks and nobody gets any points that way? Or
1: what if I'm more they have worried blown about out? his. I'm more worried about his dating somebody crazy than I am about his uh, injuries. He seems to be able to play through injuries, okay, but I, I just worry sometimes uh, that his head isn't totally in the game. But uh,
0: because it's not. <laughs> but is
1: That's that because his pinky is bothering a him fact. or? Be- <laughs> is that because his pinky isn't bothering him, or because you know he's, his mind is elsewhere? But to give him credit, I mean, as far as cowboys go, I actually like him because. Yeah, I read some story about him a couple of years ago where he was on his way home. I think the Cowboys had played a, a Monday night game in Green Bay, and he was coming back from right, the airport right. in Dallas, and he stopped and helped some couple change their tire on the deserted highway in the middle of the night or something. So he, he's a good guy in my book, and yeah, I don't really care who he dates or whatever. Just as long as he throws for a lot of touchdowns, if he's on my team and has a bad game, if he's not on my team, then I'm happy with him. But no drafting combinations from teams that I don't like that doesn't that doesn't bother me either.
0: I don't know that just it makes me so uneasy. the fact that you could have too many guys from one team or that a couple of plays could make or break your week i just eh, I don't like it
1: well i would I would only do it against a team I was really competent against i mean for instance last year um I don't think I would have taken Brett Favre the week that they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, although I think they had a pretty good offensive showing there. But, you know, mm-hmm. if it's the Green Bay Packers against the Steelers, I probably wouldn't do that either, although the Steelers, the Packers, I think, put up a lot of offense against the Steelers. I think that was a game where Roethlisberger threw a last-second touchdown to win the game. But, you know, if it's someone like the Packers playing the, the Cleveland Browns of last year, I, I, I certainly don't have a problem. For Um, arguments, say
0: say it's your best quarterback, say it's Tom Brady and it's a healthy Wes Welker. Say it's your mm -hmm. best quarterback and your best tight end. How do you sit one of them and feel good about the starting lineup you're putting out there?
1: Well, you could hedge your bets that way, and I I suppose there are times when it makes – sense to do that, but I, I don't think I would do that in say a playoff week. If I thought that was my best lineup with those guys there, I would do that and I wouldn't be so worried about hedging. I mean if if, if Tom Brady and Wes Welker at the Q B and wide receiver combo I have has a bad week against the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions or someone like that, then chances are it just wasn't meant to be and you know, I, I'm not gonna worry about, oh, you know, I should have played Chaz Shillins instead or, or something like that. I
0: guess. I don't know. No, don't I don't to. think I'm going to change right.
1: my mind on it. Well, I'm not trying to change your mind. We're just trying to <laughs> we're just trying to get other people riled up enough where they would actually write or call or, or do something or express an opinion. So, all right. So drafting players you don't like we covered that. So, um, how about not, we were talking about not too many players from one team. Does that go for your your bench guys too, or is it only yep. the starters you're worried about? It's
0: the whole picture of the team. I count defense, I count kickers, I count everybody on the roster. I can't have too many players from one team. I just feel like it's too top heavy and too many bad things could happen.
1: So how many is too many then? You're um I suppose you're okay with one player you could hold your nose and do that for team you didn't <laughs> like if you had to. Like yeah, two or three that's too much then.
0: I even even from say a team I loved, I can't have Three would be my absolute minute, like maximum, but one of them would have to be a defender or kicker. I would not have more than two actual every-down players.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would go three. I don't know that I would go with a quarterback, running back, wide receiver combination from the same team or even like a quarterback, running back, tight end combination. But I, I don't know. I There I might have some second thoughts, but... Mm-hmm. Having two guys from the same team, yeah, it doesn't bother me so much because, yeah, I don't know. I I just really, I I can see even having a running back wide receiver combination, you know, a lot of times people will think, well, it's a seesaw. If the running back does well, that means the wide receiver isn't going to do well or vice versa, but, you know, that's not necessarily true. The teams that rack up a lot of yardage tend to do so based you know, on down. having – yeah, they have to have, right, balance. They have to have both the passing and the rushing attack. I mean, you never know where the touchdowns are going to go because that's always somewhat random. But, yeah, I, I tend to value, that, that's another uh, interesting subject too, but I, I tend to value yardage a lot more than touchdowns when I'm evaluating people. I mean, obviously a team like the the Cowboys this year or the Packers should score more touchdowns than the Kansas City Chiefs or the you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you know, other than that, yeah, you know, I, I don't really you know, see you know, worrying too much about you know how many touchdowns a player is going to score. I, I'd much rather rank them by yardage, all all else being equal. But what about you? Do you have any special criteria that you use for ranking players or teams?
0: Not really. Um, I obviously I'm going to look at the past season stats. I'm gonna I I take a look at things like you're off-season and if you've gotten into some bad situations or something mm-hmm. really terrible happened to you. And that's going to hurt somebody in my rankings if you're mm-hmm. suspended or injured or crazy. Those things are all negatives for me. <laughs> and right. so that and last year's stats and just kind of how I feel about the player as a whole, I'll really go into it. But I tend to watch, I, I spend Sunday watching games. And so I I take a lot of what I do off of what I've seen with my own eyes. So I tend to trust I, my own judgment better than others.
1: Yeah, you're you're probably that's something else where we differ. It's not that I don't like to watch games on Sunday, but usually I'll just watch one or two games through to completion. I'm not one of these people that has NFL ticket and is surfing through you know, five or six games at once. My brain just can't comprehend and, and uh, process that much information at once. Yeah, maybe I'll go to NFL.com or wherever or YouTube and look at the highlight clips from games. But you know that that kind of puts me at a disadvantage then because if a guy rushes for 125 yards and 50 to 75 of them are during garbage time, then yeah, that that really won't be apparent to me if I'm just looking at the stats versus if you're actually watching the games, then you'll have a better sense for whether the guy's really effective when it's on the line or not.
0: And that's part of why I trust my gut so much when I draft or try to rank players more so than just numbers. I don't have anything against numbers. I like them. I just like my own thoughts. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, how, about, um, how much weight do you give to stuff that goes on in the preseason? Do you watch a lot of preseason games, and do you think you can tell anything about guys that are... Not playing with the first team, then, and say, oh, that rookie's going to be really good if you see somebody you know, intercept a pass against the opposing team's third-string quarterback. In the I third. I mean,
0: I, I take it into some consideration, and I watch most of the preseason games. Whatever I can get on TV, I'll watch. But mm-hmm. I tend to not really worry a ton about any of them until the last game or two, because that's really when you're seeing the guys who are gonna to play together finally start to gel and the rosters are pretty much set and you can get a better feel for how the team's gonna look. I yeah, think that makes the sense. preseason's kinda of like it's like watching a practice. You can't really gleam a ton, a ton of information off it, I don't think.
1: Yeah, that that brings up an interesting point. I mean, there's no guarantees, but all indications are that there's probably going to be some kind of a, a work stoppage or a labor situation next year, and that the owners look like they have the upper hand, and if that is truly the case, then it's likely that instead of having four preseason games and 16 regular season games, that uh, we're likely to have maybe two preseason games and 18 regular season games. Do you think that will make the preseason more meaningful? Do you think it will make it more difficult to get information out of preseason? What do you think about that?
0: Um, I don't think it's really going to affect it a ton. I mean, the guys at practice by the end of the you know, training camp are scrimmaging each other and other teams so they're already getting in preseason whether or not it's a sanctioned game then tickets are sold. Mm-hmm. And so I don't I don't think having less preseason games is going to change anything other than potentially how much owners are making in their bottom line. Uh but I just I don't think it's going to affect how I feel about it. I don't think I'm going to feel any better about teams how they look with two games versus four.
1: Okay, that that makes sense. I I tend to think that it's going to make things a little bit harder to evaluate just with the shorter window. I don't know, again, whether they're just going to shorten the whole training camp thing or whether they would push the start of training camp back, say, a month. Or, I mean, yeah, I guess push it forward a month so that it's mm-hmm. actually starting in the middle of June instead of um, – middle of of july or end of july then i really don't know how that's all going to work but you know i guess we can't worry about something you know we're just yeah there i'm definitely going with my gut i don't have anything to back that up at this point so anyway back to drafting strategies what about by weeks do you take those into account at all
0: definitely i look at this i have a schedule printed out next to me when i draft i don't want Uh to ever have no running backs in week seven like i just I need to have every week covered at every position. That's why I draft backups of everything, including kickers and defense.
1: Okay, we've that'll <laughs> give us several more things to argue about, <laughs> which is great. Or I should say have lively discussions about and argue yeah. as pejorative. But so but all right. So by weeks you'll pay attention to them. I guess there's two other of thought I'm of the thought that I really don't care about bye weeks I mean other than quarterbacks I'll try yeah, you know, I'll try not to take three quarterbacks all with the same bye week but I'm sort of of the mind that I just want to get the The guys that I think are the best players available, and I figure all the bi-week stuff will kind of sort itself out, whether through injuries or through ineffective play. It'll become pretty apparent to me that there's one of those guys that I want starting on a pretty pretty regular basis. The other point of view, the third point of view, which I've heard um, expressed by some people is that they'll try to stack – all their players with buys in the same week so that they're basically punting one week out of their season and really? yet they know that they've got the whole rest of the season covered then now i think that strategy is also prone to backfire on you because That's again of crazy. injuries or <laughs> well i've i've heard of people doing it i i think you kind of have to force it and you would end up probably not with your best team because if you do that you know i think the most teams that are ever out on a buy in one week i'm not sure if it's six or eight off the top of my head i think it's eight but
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah you're, you're i mean all your you're guys are on those teams yeah, yeah you're limiting yourself unnecessarily to a very small pool of players and i really don't see the point but then in doing say that,
0: your bye weeks week three do you then drop half your team and pick up better guys
1: no, no. You just start them all and just basically accept the fact that you're going to have zero points that week or very minimal points that week and just chalk it up as a loss and say, you know, chances are I wasn't going to go 13-0 and or 14-0 and anyway during my regular season. I'll just chalk that up as a loss and try to be competitive all the other weeks then.
0: That idea so. just blows my mind. I just cannot feasibly see how that would sound like a great idea to somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah, me neither. It's just it's just out there though and I I know that I've read it in some magazines as well, you know, in some mainstream magazines, fantasy magazines. I don't know if any fantasy magazines are, are mainstream, but uh you know what I mean then. Sure. So yeah. All right. Are you ready to take another quick break because we've come to the end of the second period here? Are you ready for <laughs> another game oh, that I've cooked up for you this week? Are you ready?
0: Okay. Let's let's see how this goes.
1: Okay, this, this might be the greatest, this might be the bomb, or it might be a total bomb, and we'll, we'll leave <laughs> you and other people to be the judge of that, so nothing's sacred here. All right, oh, so, all right, first, this, I'm going to name an award, and I want you to tell me the player who should get the, that award, or the coach or the owner who should get that award. Okay, you ready?
0: All right, but I get more than one second to answer this, correct?
1: You do, but you know, we want to get back to the strategy stuff. This is just supposed to be the quick thing where somebody can go grab a sandwich or run to the bathroom if they have to, so or hit pause on their uh, on their on the reporting of the show. So okay, I you ready?
0: Any vital things I had to say?
1: Oh. No, no, no. They'll pause it and then come back. <laughs> and it's not because they don't want to hear what you have to say. It's because they don't want to hear my my silly questions. If that happens, all right, okay? bring
0: it on. All right, let's see how this right, goes. All right, all
1: right. Here, hopefully that'll make you feel better about it. All right, <laughs> first. The Rex Ryan Award for the head coach most likely to say something stupid during the regular season.
0: Can I pick Rex Ryan? His odds are so much higher than anybody else's.
1: Sure. Okay. All right. That's
0: my final answer.
1: (laughs) Okay, Rex Ryan. You see, you didn't need more than a second to answer that. All right. How about the Bud Davis Award for the owner most likely to give opposing fans the finger in their own stadium?
0: I Maybe Jerry Jones.
1: Okay. Does he travel to road games? I guess he does, but he doesn't sit he out and stand, does he? But I guess Bud Davis wasn't either. He was up in the owner's box, in the safety of the owner's box. It doesn't take a brave person to give if someone Al, a finger. If Al from...
0: Davis traveled, it would definitely be him, but I don't think he travels anymore.
1: Yeah, probably not. I don't even know if he shows up at home games anymore. He
0: <laughs> does, He's
1: probably not all there, if you know what I mean, but anyway.
0: So, all right, how
1: about the Pac-Man Jones Award for the person who had the worst off offseason this year?
0: I, I I guess you have to go Ben Roethlisberger with an honorable mention of Michael Vick and maybe Santonio, Santonio Holmes.
1: Okay. All right. Those are good picks.
0: Got a lot of um, winners for that one.
1: Yeah, it's it's a heavily contested award. It's like the Oscars. You probably need at least five, maybe even the expanded Best Picture thing where they have ten nominees now. <laughs> we could probably do a whole separate police blotter edition, but we'll save that for another program. Ooh. So how about the Jamarcus Russell Award for the QB who's most likely to fail miserably this year?
0: At, at QB, right? No other position? Yes.
1: Nope, QB. Mm.
0: Maybe, maybe I know some people are going to be angry. Maybe Donovan McNabb. Uh,
1: I don't feel good about him in it.
0: Washington.
1: Okay, there it is. Feel free to chime in or email us or tweet us if you disagree, or if you're listening to the podcast, you can always yeah you can always uh, chime in after the fact. Just talk yeah. to the talk to the hand, as they say. So how about um, Sergio Kendall Award for the player most likely to suffer an injury that nobody truly believes.
0: Ooh, ooh, that's a hard one.
1: Do you want to come back to that, or do you have a? Quick yeah, let
0: me think on that. Let me think on that. that. Okay. There's too many good so we're,
1: people. Okay, we're coming back to that. And how about the the Ocho Cinco T.O. Award for the player or players most likely to start his own reality show that doesn't already have one?
0: I want to say, it, I feel like Daryl Revis could be, maybe do one. We could call it Revis Island. could be like Survivor.
1: Uh Uh Uh-huh. It'll be good. I would watch that. All right. You could have all these different wide receivers getting knocked off (laughs) and having pranks played on them and things like that, and one by one they disappear. All right, how about the Brett Favre Drama Queen Award?
0: Albert Hainsworth.
1: Albert Hainsworth. Good choice, good choice. You wouldn't nominate Brett for his own award?
0: I'm over Brett. I just want him to go away.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> how about how about the Mike Shanahan Award for the most frustrating head coach for fantasy players?
0: Hmm. I'm gonna have to come back to that one.
1: Okay. We might have to come back to that next week if we want to come get through the show. But anyway, all right. How about the Rich Kotite Award for the head coach most likely to win two games, fall flat on his face, and get fired?
0: Ooh. Um. Hmm. Who's coaching the Bills now? I want to nominate him.
1: Oh, uh, the Bills are coached by Chan Gailey, a former Dallas person, I believe.
0: Yeah, but uh, I don't feel good about it.
1: No? All right. <laughs> I'm going to nominate Eric Mangini just because I... I, I
0: you just I want him that, to get fired.
1: <laughs> I, I do. I do. It, please, if you're listening, Eric, it's it's nothing personal. I just don't think you're a good coach. All right. How about the Jay Cutler Award for the QB most likely to disappoint in his first season with a new team?
0: Mm.
1: Sounds like you want to go down Donovan. You can have on that, too.
0: I do. <laughs> All
1: right. Done. And then finally, how about the inception award for the team that's going to be so confusing that nobody will have any idea what they're doing.
0: The Redskins.
1: The Redskins? Okay. <laughs> so done. So I, I take it you're not high on the Redskins, and I'm going to attribute that at least partially to personal bias, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, and if, if I'm Donovan sorry, McMahon my leaves, John, he's a diehard Redskins fan, and it's going to make him sad listening to this. Well, <laughs> all right.
1: We'll, we'll see what happens. We, we can have a post-mortem you know, after the season's over and people, instead of having a mock draft, they can have sort of a, a mock whatever mock preseason program where they can make fun of what we said during the preseason. We can even, if we can figure out a way to play clips, that would be even more fun. Then. Uh-huh. So. Well,
0: since you brought up in our little game, you brought up Brett Favre, this is kind uh-huh. of a good segue to something I want to ask you. When you draft, do you take into consideration somebody's age? Like Brett Favre not the, the spring chicken that he once was.
1: There's a lot no, of guys I, out
0: there who are like that.
1: My one-word answer is yes, I do, especially if with running backs. I made the mistake last year of thinking just because, you know, Curtis Martin had a good season rushing with the Jets a few years back at age 31 or 32 that, you know, athletes are in better shape nowadays and that someone like LaDainian Tomlinson could be get back to being a top-five rusher. Well, that didn't work out so well last really year. That's not to though, say didn't? that. Pardon.
0: didn't really be no. there
1: as a matter of fact I think every league where I I picked Ladanian Tomlinson in the first round last year let, let's just say I didn't win that league but uh mm. to be nice about it but <laughs> so I I think I am finally of the belief that if a running back has a certain number of carries or gets up to a certain age that that I'm not gonna to pick them. So this year I'm gonna shy away from not that and Tomlinson is a starter anymore, but you yeah. know, guys like Clinton Portis, okay, he's twenty eight, he's twenty nine, maybe he's not thirty yet, but you know, that guy just has so much wear and tear on him and he's injured every year. But yeah. then you look at his backups, you know, Willie Parker is, you know, seemingly injured every year and he's got a lot of wear on the tread and uh and um, Larry Johnson is getting up there, too. He hasn't had much wear on the tread in the last couple of years, but that's because he's been in the doghouse or suspended. And, you know, he's another guy yeah. I wouldn't go near. So you, you wrap all that up and you know, add on the fact that Mike Shanahan's their head coach, and, you know, those are just the kind of guys that I would stay away from. Now, um, conversely, someone like tight end, I mean, I, I don't Tight ends live know. forever.
0: <laughs> Pardon? Tight ends will live forever. I don't think age is an issue.
1: I'm not so sure I agree with that. I look at someone like Todd Heap, and he definitely seems to be breaking down. But Mm, so far, Witten and and Antonio Gates, those guys seem like they can be good year after year. And I'm I'm sure there will come a year when those guys fall apart. But I'm not sure if it's going to be one of these things where they just gradually decline, and then you you never hear from them again, and they try to catch on. It's
0: never going to fall apart. You do not speak those words again. Never going to happen.
1: Okay, well, we'll use Antonio Gates then. Well, we, we can have a debate on that as the season progresses. We'll we'll have empirical evidence then that we can use to, to judge what's actually going on there. So, But I think tight ends, I'm less inclined to do that. Quarterbacks, I think after they get to a certain age, there's just too many hits that they've taken. I look at someone like Brett Favre or Matt Hasselbeck, and I just say you know, those guys have just gotten you know, knocked down way too many times and you know, my, my prediction, and I don't think I'm exactly going out on a limb here, but I'm predicting that Brett Favre will not make it through the regular season and play all sixteen games. That's assuming he even plays one game, you know, that he oh, doesn't he'll do play. the whole
0: he'll play. I I'm
1: sure he will too. That if if he doesn't I'll be really surprised, you know, more shocked by anything you know, I've heard since Pac Man Jones getting arrested. But uh <laughs> so but you know, I I just think quarterbacks running backs, wide receivers, you can still have a guy like Derek Mason. Yeah, he's beat up, but he's still effective at age 35 or 36. So,
0: Derek for Mason whatever reason, good points last year. I'm on the Derek Mason boat. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, that that brings up another point that uh, we wanted to talk. To. What about guys that have done well for you in the past? Are you more inclined to pick them in following years even if say they're in a worse situation? Like take Derek Mason, he's been the number one quarterback, I mean, the number one wide receiver there for a number of years in Baltimore, but now all of a sudden Anquan Bolden's there and got a couple of rookie tight ends that are coming in. Does that make you shy away from him?
0: Who's got more of a a rapport with Joe Flacco than Derek Mason? I don't think it's that much of a risk taking him.
1: I I don't think it's a risk to take him, but is he going to have 900 to 1,000 yards again this year, or is it more likely to be... 600 to 700. I mean, there he's not falling off the cliff. Pardon? It's
0: got to be less, but it's not going to be like the end of the world. I don't think it's a huge, huge difference.
1: Would you bump him down your draft chart maybe a round or two or or just um, how would you I mean, handle that?
0: I don't know. Maybe. I would kind of have to see how the, the – I think every draft has its own feel to it. and. Depending how in love with wide receivers, the rest of the people that are drafting are, maybe I'd take him at the same spot. maybe he's still available around later
1: okay that's that's fair enough i I tend to agree with you on that, so I guess that's that's one last thing for us to s- discuss in future shows but
0: <laughs> of course final. any
1: of our and if any of our our worldwide listening audience disagrees with us, feel free to chime in and we'll we'll bring it up again and be the dead horse. but so how about the flip side of that? How about guys who've disappointed? you in the past say you had taken Michael Turner last year or say you had taken LaDainian Tomlinson would you be willing to take those guys again this year or would you just say you, know, you burned me once shame on you burn me twice shame on me
0: I'd rather take somebody else at least for a year or maybe part of a season and trade for them back but if I had a bad experience with you I'm you're farther down on my depth chart than somebody with exactly the same numbers I, okay. Guys who who played well for me, I'm gonna draft again, no doubt about it. But guys who didn't play well, I'm gonna think two or three or maybe even four times about redrafting them.
1: All right, I guess I'm. I, I sort of agree with you. I think where I'm a little bit different is that I would try to figure out why it is that the guy had a bad year. Is it just you know like Michael Turner had a? Uh, I won't say it's a freak injury because running backs often have foot and ankle problems, but it's not something that he has a chronic history of it, that you know, I wouldn't expect him to necessarily have that again. So I'd be more willing to take a chance on a guy like that than I would on and Tomlinson where I think he's just showing the or, – or Clinton Portis where I just think that they're over the hill and I don't really think that they're in a better situation this year than they were last year. So those kinds of guys I think I would shy away from. But if it was someone like a Matt Forte – Um, if if I believed in the offensive system they were in and still thought that they were valuable and it was just a matter of having some fluke injury or that the team chemistry fell apart or that their whole offensive line got hurt last year, then I'd be more likely to consider it. But then again, there there are guys like Braylon Edwards who's probably going to drop passes no matter where he's playing, and that doesn't seem to have much to do with anything else. (laughs) All right, so we agree on that. So Yeah, All right. but I
0: have one thing that I think is really important when it comes to the draft that nobody ever talks about, at least on shows like this or in magazines. Okay. One of the most important things that goes into your team is your team name, and I don't think enough people uh, take it seriously. And I asked online, I asked the guys who are listening, uh, what are the best and worst team names that they've ever heard? And uh-huh. I got some good stories back. Like this okay. one guy, Josh, he said, one of my teams was named the Wedding MVPs because I drafted my entire team by text me- message from the third pew at my godfather's wedding. I oh, like no. that. I like that a lot. That's dedication.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is. I, I hope he and his godfather are still on good terms. But Did he say I'm how that team did or not?
0: <laughs> well, we'll have to ask him. We'll have to follow up on the next show.
1: But I that's mean some right.
0: people a lot of people go for the the raunchy name and we've gotten some of those um I see a lot care to of feet on the air or not? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> 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 and I've that's gotten a lot of Ron Mexico references and that's something I see sure. kind of across the board in fantasy football leagues. Mm-hmm. But some people just cop out and they use their last name or some you know, pack attack or something. That's not creative. Right. People need to step their game up on these fantasy football names.
1: No, I, I agree. So how about something like the Sergio Kindle Stairmasters or something <laughs> like that with that pass muster with you or no?
0: I, mean, I think it's good, and I think that you find out who are the more interesting people in your league by whether or not they can understand your team name. Like if I like to use quotes from sports movies as team names uh-huh. for fantasy baseball and football, and people sure. who get them, I'm way more inclined to like and maybe even trade with.
1: <laughs> hmm, I'll have to remember that when we do our our fourth and inches league, which of course <laughs> everyone's invited to. To, uh let us but know you need to like bring to a good
0: name to the table <laughs>
1: that's right we're we're gonna use that as part of the weeding out process. You have <laughs> to have a name that Jana finds acceptable or else you're you're probably going to be dead in your tracks there so i, I, I tend to go for I, I tend to go for bad puns or or offensive things, so uh, <laughs> I should probably just keep those to myself here rather than share them if, if people are curious enough they can write in but other than that i think i'll uh i'll uh Keep that to myself for now. But uh, so, have you done any drafts yet this year? Have you come up with any clever names that you're going to use this year?
0: Um, I haven't done any drafting yet. I probably will not start doing that for another, another couple of weeks, since I'm very anti-mock draft. But uh-huh. um, I, one of my personal favorites to use is the team name "Spiders on the Field" because if you've ever seen the replacements, that ridiculous football movie, they have this whole scene about all these fat lineman being scared about spiders being on the field and it's obscure and it's stupid. And I like it.
1: Oh, well, it would probably be (laughs) too obscure for me. Is that the movie with Keanu Reeves or no? Mm
0: hmm.
1: It is okay. Well, I, I vaguely know the movie, so I, I definitely wouldn't get the reference then, but I'm sure I'm probably in the minority. Most of the people here are probably the intelligent kind of people that you would enjoy trading with, I'm sure, and <laughs> would appreciate your obscurity, your team names. I, actually just have saying, been-
0: I like names that have a story or there's something witty. Like I, just, I don't like boring, fancy football names. They make me sad.
1: Okay, so all of you who have any aspirations or hopes whatsoever playing in the fourth and inches league this fall, <laughs> just remember that. you got to come with a clever name, too, or else um, the, the gatekeepers, Janice Katz, aren't going to let you through. So, so
0: um, I guess that's what we're going to leave you guys with this week. Start thinking of your names now. But uh, we do have some cool things planned for next week, so definitely come back if and uh, I want to make sure that you guys all remember how to get a hold of us because we're more than willing to talk football or whatever you want during the week on Twitter or email. Uh, you can find us at Fourth and Inches Show on Twitter. That's the l- number four TH, the letter N, Inches Show. And from there you can find both our personal Twitter accounts and talk to us that way if that makes you feel better. And you can shoot us an email at Fourth and Inches Show at gmail.com. And that's the same thing, the number four th the letter n inches show at gmail dot com
1: great, and if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover in the future we'll we'll still do some more strategy stuff uh, next week, but you know by next week we'll start to have some training camp news coming in, and we will you all the usual stuff too you know the you know ranking the players by position and going over teams and things and during the regular season the sit start and all that but we also want to make it more of a strategy-based show just because we think that'll be more interesting generally than talking about specific players who may or may not be on your team then so that's how we're yeah, planning so to do it but
0: thank you to everybody who helped participate in the show today and hopefully we'll get some more next week and we'll see you guys then
1: thanks so much take care everyone